Good day, everybody, and welcome to Encore at the House of Mario, the after-party Nintendo podcast. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to this Encore are open. This week on the show, I just want to talk about a game that is very special and near dear to my heart. I played it late last year on Xbox Game Pass, and I actually recently played it on PlayStation because it's also a part of the the PlayStation Plus Extra subscription service, which is pretty cool. So, you know, double dip, getting that um that, that Platinum and that 1,000 gamer score. You know, the, the stuff we don't talk about here in Nintendo Land. We don't get achievements, God forbid. If Nintendo actually said, um, hey, here's uh, some features. <laughs> on our uh, on our device, but that's a that's a separate conversation. Uh, the game I want to talk about is the Artful Escape, and when I played it, I was just you know taken back by this game. I just from its art style, its presentation, the music, the soundtrack, everything about it was just awesome. But what really sort of made it stand out to me was its narrative, and how you know some people it might not sort of uh, resonate that that much with but for me it really stuck a chord and it made me self-reflect on you know what I'm doing in my life (laughs) and that could be a good or a bad thing I don't know but we'll talk about it when we get to that point but the developers uh Beethoven and Dinosaurs they're actually Melbourne um based here in Australia so that's really cool I'm always a big fan of highlighting Australian made games here on the show because we've got an absolutely fantastic indie game development scene here in Australia, both small and big. Obviously, we know um, of games like uh, you know Untitled Goose Game and Hollow Knight. They hit the global stage, and we've also got other fantastic games as well, which um, a lot of them have made their way to the Switch. And The Awful Escape is no different. It actually came out uh, January 2022 on Switch and PlayStation, so... In the game of the year, sort of contenders, I never actually thought about it until now. I could still put the Artful Escape on there because it was definitely a highlight of mine last year. This is an absolute triumph um, as far as narrative and storytelling goes in games. And it's interesting as well because it's it's, it's a kind of a genre that we've never really had before necessarily. The developers, they describe it as a narrative driven musical cinematic platformer. And I'll say that's pretty spot on as far as what you're trying to describe with this game. Uh, you're playing as your protagonist. You're moving to the right of the screen. You are doing platforming. You've got a jump button. You've got a double jump button, actually. It's pretty cool. You press the Y button. You play your guitar. And if you press the X button, you do like a smash down to the ground. But there's no enemies. There's nothing to defeat necessarily by jumping on them. You can't compare this to Mario or Rayman or any other platformer out there. This is it. This is its own thing, and I think it's uh, really unique in that respect. But what makes it interesting to me, I know, like, just googling the Artful Escape um, and searching for it and seeing what people are saying about it on Reddit and stuff. Some people are saying that yeah, you know, it's boring. All you're doing is walking. And look, if you're not into just like an absolutely beautiful sort of spectacle and a narrative and you're not interested in the characters, you're not going to get a kick out of this game, I don't feel like. you're not. It's not a challenge. You're not trying to beat a level like in a Mario game. You're not trying to overcome an obstacle like with your own sheer determined and skill like in Celeste or the messenger. You're not, you know, you're not trying to just play through with four people and jump on things and, you know, do, do ridiculous things like you do in Rayman Legends. You are very much just moving throughout the screen and you hold in the the Y button to play your electric guitar 
And that triggers things uh, environmentally in the background, in the foreground. And you know, the music changes, obviously, when you're playing your guitar. And it's just like an absolutely sort of journey. It's a spectacle. It's awesome to see. And typically from these types of games, we just do not get that, which I think is uh, no, makes this game really special. Um, so, yeah, I just uh, a, bit, a big shout out to, you know, Xbox for getting this on Game Pass. I feel like... This is a perfect game to get on that subscription, get it into people's hands, get some thumbs on sticks and really get to experience this title because I feel like, you know, it's something that a lot of people might not be like, ah, it's four hours, you know, it's kind of like this narrative thing. I don't really want to, don't really want to spend 30 bucks on it. And in some ways I can, you know, I can relate to that. You know, money, you know, money doesn't come that easily. <laughs> You've got to earn it. You've got to buy groceries. And with everything going on at the moment, I feel like, you know, keep your money nice and nice and safe for, for a rainy day. But, you know, it is on the subscription services. It came to Game Pass late last year. It came to PlayStation 4 and 5 and Switch uh, early this year. And it actually came to the PlayStation Plus Extra subscription, which is where I played it again. And that's why it's on just like the tip of my tongue because... Playing it again, I'm like, this was this is a really special game, and not just because it's Australian and not because it's a it's a wacky art style and not even because the music just rocks. You know, it's a it's a it's about a man who wants to become a, a rock star, and it's just a really cool premise. But also the the way I reflected on it was was pretty special as well. And um, seeing this game at multiple packs is year after year. I'm like, that looks cool, but, you know, hurry up. Because, <laughs> you know, video games, you know, are they easy to make? Oh, surely. You just slap some textures together and no, no, no. You, you can see just the, the love that went into this game. Um, every sort of uh, square inch, you can see where, you know, the time and the money and the, the artistic sort of design went into. Um, so, Yeah. Awesome stuff, but the game it uh, it takes place in a fictional town called Calypso that's in Colorado. So I'm sure it's in in America. So of course it's in America. You know we finally got an Australian game. It should be bloody in uh, I don't know. Where's <laughs> an interesting uh, small town? It should be uh, let's, let's just say Mount Gambier, South Australia, which is a, a, a I guess a town near me. Best <laughs> uh, in Calypso, so it's you know. It's in a it's in a fictional American city, town, village, Providence. <laughs> but it, it follows the the protagonist, which is Francis Vendetti. And he's basically following, I guess, the footsteps of his deceased uncle, who is Johnson Vendetti, and he is a folk music legend. And unfortunately he was in a pretty pretty bad car accident, and while the game never actually says Hey, look! Your uncle died of a car accident. There's um a character at the start of the game where they're actually cosplaying as Johnson Vandetti, and they just got like a big tire mark over their chest and like you know, um, grass and that in their hair. It's like Jesus Christ. Um, I, I get the joke that was meant to be very distasteful, <laughs> but it's like, it got a laugh out of me anyway. I'm like, all right. So you know, you get a laugh and you also get the information of why this uh this character passed away. But Francis, I guess a, a lot of the people in Calypso are looking to Francis for, I guess, to fill their heart of where, you know, where Johnny left. They want you know, his legacy to continue on through, um, through Francis, through his nephew. 
and continue playing his music and keeping the dream alive. But, you know, as you can imagine, just having people, I guess, love you and want you because of the work of someone else and not being able to reach your true potential because you're stuck behind the persona of someone else behind, um, I guess, a, a legacy that isn't yours. Um, you know, I, I thought that was a really sort of interesting place for the story to take to take place. And as you sort of continue through the game and you're talking to all the characters and you're getting an idea that Francis, you know, he's not happy being a folk musician. He's good at it. He can do it. People love him for it, but it's not what he wants to do. It's not where he wants to go in life. And he's too nervous to try his own thing. He's too worried that his family, friends, colleagues, um, that he'll let them down essentially. That, you know, they won't have the person to look at and go, oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's Uncle Johnny. He was a good bloke. Continue his legacy and that they'll just look down on him and whatever he does won't be, won't be good enough. So we get the idea that Francis wants to be a rock star. He wants to just shred that guitar. He wants to play some riffs. He doesn't want to be doing this slow folk music. He wants to just shred it on a global stage. <laughs> but to him, that's just a, just a silly dream that, um, that he, you know, that he won't try for, that he won't achieve. But in a, in a sort of a weird turn of events, uh, this uh, alien figure basically comes down and says, hey, look, you're the, you're the one we want, the light man. Once you take you wants to take you um, on a tour, so all right. And from there, the the, the game just uh, picks up and becomes the true sort of wacky zany game that it becomes, going on a sort of intergalactic space tour, shredding guitar, and throughout the journey, Francis sort of discovers that that is what he wants to be, and sort of molds his stage persona around where he wants to be in life. And throughout the game, he, he has like multiple sort of um, instances where, you know, there, there was a time where he has the opportunity to be projected onto the galactic stage where everyone in the universe will see him shredding guitar. He'll be the biggest rock legend of all time. But he's worried that, you know, the people at Calypso would see what he's become. And he was too nervous. He was worried that they would think that it's stupid and look down on him and be disappointed that he didn't continue his uncle's legacy. And, you know, just that message alone, like there's lots of other sort of zany stuff, like the creature design is amazing. Uh, you're basically, <laughs> towards the end of the game, you've got to impress the, the Glamagon. You've got to play a, play your guitar and jam with these big, just balls to the wall, weird monsters. And the whole idea is to impress them so you can progress through the game. And... Uh, the main one you've got to impress is the Glamagon, which is um, just just bigger, all-knowing universe being thing. But at at the heart of it, it's just about being yourself and doing what's right for you, and not doing it just to please other people. And I guess this is where it sort of you know it it means a lot to me because I don't know throughout my life, I think I've been a people pleaser. And I don't mean just, you know, just being nice to people. I just, you know, I do th I do things because I know that's kind of what they want or what they want out of me. Um, and, you know, growing up in a small rural town, maybe similar to Calypso. No, no, no it doesn't have as quite as a... In Calypso, it's like on cliffs and there's waterfalls and all that. No, 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 no. It's not quite that nice down here. We don't have waterfalls or anything like that. But 
I think you know, it's very much like, you know, what's expected of you is expected of you down here. Like there's not – I don't know anyone who's like, you know, is in my lifestyle where it's like, you know, farming and rural life, but absolutely like love gaming, technology, podcasting, content creation, you know, all, all that type of crap that we, <laughs> we do here. Um, and it's sort of, you know, it made it a little bit hard to, you know, make friends and stuff because like a lot of people I work with, I just sort of have nothing in common with them, which, which is hard. And also being an only child of like a, a farming family as well. You know, if, if I, you know, when I was say coming out of high school, I was thinking to myself, you know, if, if I go and do, if I go to uni or do something else or move away, like, you know, that's the, that's the lineage of the farm sort of done. So, you know, I'm 28 now and I, you know, I stuck around, but, and, you know, it's, it's a great lifestyle and I'm very appreciative of um, my family and what my parents have done. And it's uh, allowed me to, you know, support my now son and my wife and all that. Like it's, I've, I've, I've got nothing, but I've got nothing to complain about really. But, you know, that, that, that feeling in your heart, that you're feeling in your belly where you're like, you know, it just fills you with, with happiness um, you know, as, as far as like a purpose or fulfillment from work, I just don't have that. And I think maybe if I, <laughs> if I went on this intergalactic sort of, uh, space opera and I sort of, you know, I said, you know, it's just need, need to do things for yourself. You need to find yourself before, um, before doing this. And if, if I, if I, did something else. I might have discovered that no farming is fucking awesome and it, it does fulfill me and that might have been the journey. But without going on that, I don't know exactly don't know exactly where to feel. Like Yeah, I don't know. It, it made me sort of really like look back and reflect on myself. And a lot of games, you know, I, I sit down and I think about the stories because, you know, we've had a lot of great stories over the last decade. We've had like The Walking Dead Season 1, which really made me sit back and think. I've had some experiences in that game where I, I sort of just put down the controller. I'm like, whoa. Like, uh, I don't know, especially for me, Episode 2 of The Walking Dead, one of the most panicked feelings I've ever felt in a game. And I won't spoil it here because this isn't the place to spoil The Walking Dead, but that was a phenomenal sort of narrative experience. I think, uh, you know, from Naughty Dog, from the PlayStation side of things, uh, you know, The Last of Us was just extraordinary. And I know like um, I played it when I was, must have been 18 or 18 slash 19. So I wasn't a dad. I didn't relate to it on, you know, the aspect of having a daughter or anything like that, but the story just sort of, you know, blew me back and I could only imagine playing that game now being a father and what people thought of it at the time. It would have been nuts. And of course, Last of Us Part 2, where that game was just a roller coaster of emotions and how that narrative weaves um, themes and timelines and that together. That was, uh, that was a game that made me sit back and think. And recently it was on a, um, a carpool gaming podcast talking about that called The Gridlock. So I've been reflecting on that game quite a bit too. But a lot of these games, I'm thinking about the characters. I'm thinking about what's going on in those worlds. And, you know, oh, God, that sucks in The Last of Us and whatever. But 
this game, I wasn't thinking about, you know, oh, God, the Glamagon and <laughs> all of these, like, really balls-to-the-wall weird alien species. I was thinking about, like, man, I was just thinking, you know, it, it I, I sort of just, like, <laughs> you know, turn off the TV and, you know, say the reflection of yourself on the, on the panel. It's like, man, like... I I like I don't I don't know how to put it. I don't feel like I've messed up. I feel like you know the the steps that I've taken in life have led me to where I am, and I feel like I'm in a, I'm in a good place. You know, I've I've bought 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 a you know a place and got a wife and a kid, and we're all very happy. Family's fantastic. Um, I couldn't be couldn't be happier as far as that goes. But I do sort of struggle with you know just fulfillment from from what I do day to day. Um. And I'm not sure exactly what balance of things I need to do to fix that. I don't know if I'm like, if like, if I did like something like, uh, you know, content creation full time, would that make me feel awesome? Or would it make me just despise doing a podcast? Because I can imagine doing a podcast being like, all right, this episode needs to hit. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't get paid and I can't uh, feed my son. I don't know if that's going to bring me joy either. I'm not sure what it is or whether it is like, you know, stepping back a bit and having, you know, still working a full-time job, but also having the time to do the podcasting stuff or, you know, just learning music or going for walks or going on family holidays more. I'm not sure what it is, but anyway, this game definitely got me thinking about that stuff a lot more. And, um, you know, hopefully by the time I'm 30 or 35, I'll be like, oh, good. I, I worked it out. Um but we'll, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. But um, like I, I always talk about, like in the credits at the end of uh, each episode, that like you know my goal for podcasting is have like one day where I can just like make content and get it out of my system, get that fulfilled feeling, and then you know then go go to work and you know make your coin there and run the farm and whatever I have to do, uh, you know to to uh, you know lead a a, a good uh, financial life, I guess, but something I was thinking about anyway, like what, what makes me happy, what fulfills me and all of that type of stuff. But yeah. So the Artful Escape, an absolutely fantastic game, guys. Even, like obviously that's the narrative and that's how it affected me. But I think just from, just from you sitting there and putting your thumbs on the sticks, putting some headphones on, the music absolutely rips. Uh, it's the art style is fantastic, and if you get anything, even if you get half of half of the enjoyment out of the story, um, as I did, I think you're gonna absolutely love it. So, if you've got an Xbox or PlayStation, it's a part of your subscriptions. If you subscribe to you know Game Pass or PlayStation Plus Extra, and also Switch. Uh, at the time of recording this, is eighteen dollars Australian on the Switch. So I'm gonna take a guess for the American listeners and say it's about twelve bucks. So not too bad. Definitely worth a pickup. Um, look, it'll look gorgeous on an OLED switch. So I am sort of, I do want to, I do want to buy it on switch. I don't know if I will play it there because I've, I'm going to play it again on the PlayStation four version for a second, uh, platinum trophy. So that's going to be, uh, basically four or well, three times of playing the game. So maybe a switch copy for another playthrough one day, but I would just like to support these guys. This was their debut game for Beethoven and Dinosaur. And I love I love the name of the studio. I'd love to see what they come up with uh, going forward. 
Because what was cool about it is that this was a Kickstarter, but the Kickstarter failed and uh, Annapurna Interactive actually swooped in and um, funded the game and published it. So, you know, big shout out to those guys at Annapurna because, you know, they are, I don't know much about them. Obviously, know the sort of games they publish and a lot of the games just seem to be really big hitters, absolutely fantastic titles. They've recently published Stray on PlayStation 4 and 5 as well, which I've been playing and just really great actually. Like the perspective from being a cat is actually really interesting. You're like, oh, that's why they jump up on a table <laughs> because you can see a lot more, of course. And just the environmental storytelling and stuff too. Like they, they, they pick up some great stuff. So hopefully these guys stick with that publisher and keep, pumping out some great stuff, whether it's in another five years, not too worried, but um, the experiences Beethoven and Dinosaur have, have, have given me just has been kind of invaluable really. And it's just the fact that they've been a part of just a subscription uh, just goes to show bang for buck in these, um, some of these subscription services. Hope they got their, got their money's worth anyway. But uh Yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear what you guys think about the game. If you have played The Artful Escape and if I've turned you on to it, please let me know. At iDruby on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, you know, the, so the social medias. I mainly use Twitter, so prefer there. I'll, I'll catch your message a bit, uh, bit easier. But to end the episode, I want to leave you with one of my favorite tracks from the game. It's, a, it's basically the very last track that's played in the game and it's called The Darkest Hour Theme. And it's absolutely fantastic, guys. So, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I want to thank you very much for listening to this episode. A bit of a ramble and a bit of a, a bit of a passionate project, projection um, of the Artful Escape. Fantastic title, Australian made. Please go and play it. But uh, until then, guys, thanks for listening to the encore. And uh, the doors are closed. So we'll catch you later. Encore at the House of Mario, the after-party Nintendo podcast is lovingly crafted and recorded in the southeast of South Australia. The show is produced and hosted by me, Drew Agnew. If you enjoy my work here and on my other podcasts, The House of Mario, A Drew Story and Kraken Furfies, help spread the word by sharing us with a mate or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
If you would like the show further support and help me achieve my goal of freeing up one working day a week to help spend more time refining and creating podcasts, please consider checking out patreon.com slash idruby where for only $1, you get access to my secret recordings where I share everything behind the scenes. A big thank you to the legend DJ for supporting the content at the podcast producer level on Patreon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you.